Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Judges 12, we are going to be looking at the Jephthah diss track remix. And so, no, we're not going to beat up on Jephthah quite as hard today. I, I'm going to admit to you, I had to do some repenting of sins today, so this morning. So I actually, I'm in a more gracious mood. You know, God was gracious to me. I'm going to be gracious to Jephthah. It's all, it's all good. It's all love. But that being said, I've, I'm still looking for a positive. Yeah, it's, this is, and either way, it's just fun to say the diss track remix. Come on now. So today's readings are coming Christian Standard Bible. We're not going to read the text because this is a short podcast and I do not have the time to do that. But I encourage you to open your Bible and follow along. So let us do a quick little summary of what's happened. So if you remember from last time, Jephthah had won the battle. He was fighting against another Israelite oppressor. And he, in the process, Jephthah, remember, is a bad man. Like, he's hanging out. He's like a gang lord almost. Uh, and then God's like, he uses Jephthah. You know, God can use anyone for his purposes. He uses Jephthah. And Jephthah in the battle is like, Lord, if you save me, I'm going to kill whatever comes out of my house first. And sure enough, his daughter came out of his house first, his only daughter. And so Jephthah, being the low, lowly man he is, and not lowly in the humility sense, lowly in the low moral character sense, is like, daughter, what have you done to me? This is, oh, oh my goodness, you brought this sorrow on me. And he ends up killing his daughter. Now, it's there is a little bit of debate whether or not he actually killed his daughter. I mean, I think that is what's implied by the passage. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, it's not that important. But either way, he at least promised that he would kill his daughter. And we see now that this is the aftermath of the battle. This is chapter 12, and the men of Ephraim are back. If you remember from Gideon, the men of Ephraim are basically like they sit on the couch while the battle's going on, and then like right at the end, they come over like, man, we was gonna help. And they're not actually, like this is kind of, they're really antagonistic and kind of a little bit of bombs here. But Gideon was able to appease them, you know, be like, yo, yeah, you would have, man, and y'all are so strong and stuff like that, you know, good leadership stuff that, you know, just do what you got to do to keep the peace. Jephthah is not that kind of guy. <laughs> Jephthah is like, listen to what he says in chat in verse two. My people and I had a bitter conflict with the Ammonites. So I called for you, but you didn't deliver me from their power. Verse three. When I saw that you weren't going to deliver me, I took my life in my own hands and crossed over to the Ammonites, and the Lord handed them over to me. See, he credited God. Good job, Jephthah. Why then have you come today to fight against me? So, the people of Ephraim, are they're not happy, and so they end up fighting Jephthah, and Jephthah wins. They fought and defeated Ephraim because Ephraim had said, you Gileadites and Ephraim are fugitives in the territories of Ephraim and Manasseh. Whenever a fugitive from Ephraim said, let me cross over, so this is kind of where it gets a little crazy. Gilead, if I'm not mistaken, is on the other side. No, no, no. So there's a, okay, okay, I got this right. There is a river separating Ephraim and Gilead. So they got to cross this river, okay? And so they got to cross the Jordan. So, the people of Gilead, Jephthah's people, 
they are like, all right, people, if you want to get over, you have to say shibboleth. Now, the problem for Ephraim is that for some reason, they can't say the sh sound. So what they would say is sibboleth because they can't say the sh. They just say sibboleth. And so the, that's a clever way of the Gileadites, but also a little mean because they ended up killing 42,000 from Ephraim. I don't know if it, if it was all at the river or if that was just added to the total. I am assuming it's added to the total. That would be a lot of dead bodies by the river. But either way, they was killing some people by the river. And so we see, let's look at a survey of the characters. So we have the men of Ephraim. These actually, I have a little bit of a, I don't know if it's a, what is called parallelism, whatever. We have two characters that are mentioned or two groups of characters, and then two characters that are unmentioned. So first, the men of Ephraim. These are mentioned. They are a contentious people. If you go back to the story of Gideon, as we saw, they're putting up stinks. And what's likely happening is that they're slow to help, quick to complain. And we're going to give Jephthah a break here, because the people of Ephraim can be a big pain. And they also had an accent where they can't say shh, which would come back to haunt them, as we've seen. The second character is Jephthah and the Gileadites, or second group of characters, I should say. These are the people who actually did the fighting. So Jephthah, we're giving you props here. Come on now. But Jephthah, as we've seen, has a special ability to start arguments. Daniel Block, he wrote a commentary on Judges, and he helpfully points out that the stubborn people of Ephraim have met their match in Jephthah. This is just like two big old heads going together. Like if you've ever seen Inside the NBA... You'll have Shaquille O'Neal on one end and Charles Barkley on the other end of the table. And it's hilarious watching them argue. This is kind of what we're seeing here. You know, two big heads who are not going to back down. And so those are the two mentioned groups of characters. Now, another character is God, but he's actually unmentioned. Well, he is actually mentioned once, but other than that, we don't hear much about him. So we're putting him in the unmentioned category. And that is intentional. Believe it or not, the author of Judges was like, who do I serve again? Oh, yeah, it's God. Nuts. I should have put that in chapter 12. That's not how this writing was going. Neither the people of Ephraim or Jep nor Jephthah sought God throughout this process. That's why God is not mentioned. They simply let their egos clash. And the, the results were catastrophic. God kept himself out of this because they brought the consequences on themselves. God's like, man, y'all gonna do the work for me. <laughs> Punishing sin. And it's really sad seeing this, that they did not see God. You know, Jephthah probably would have done with a quick little prayer, like, Lord, what do I do with these guys? Instead, he's like, he's not going to take anything. And that comes back to really hurt the people of Israel. And the second unmentioned character is Gideon. And yes, Gideon is dead. He's not alive at this time. But as we've mentioned, this story has ties to Gideon because a similar situation had occurred then. Gideon had handled the situation differently by trying to keep the peace and praising Ephraim, as opposed to Jephthah, who basically puts the blame on them. Which, in Jephthah's defense, the blame really was on Ephraim. However, you can see throughout history, good leaders will sometimes take blame that they don't need to take for the sake of keeping peace. 
we have the peacekeeping of Gideon contrasted with the brashness of Jephthah. So that's a survey of the characters. And I want us to learn from this that God sustains his people through this strife. God easily could have let civil war just end the whole people of Israel or let another captor come and annihilate them when they're weak. But God was faithful. We see here how God deals with his people when they're in sin. First, he's going to let them feel the consequences of sin. And I thank God for that. Recently, I was caught in sin and God was good to me. You know, it was not a sin that was external, you know, that I wasn't like slapping people, but God showed me my sin. He let me feel the pain that sin causes. And then secondly, God is gracious. He was gracious to me. He was gracious to this people of Israel. Instead of, you know, just leaving them in their sin, leaving them to the consequences, which he could have done, would have been right, it would have been just, but he was gracious. We go from chapter 12 with Jephthah to chapter 13 in Samson, it's really, that's seeing some of the consequences because both the times are pretty dubious judges. God is not going to let them, you know, just get off the hook clean. But at the same time, he is gracious. He does sustain them. God knew that his people, what they needed, and he was faithful to provide for them. And I mentioned that we're going from chapter 12 of Jephthah to chapter 13 of Samson. But what I didn't mention is that there's three judges in between. And this is really important. Ibzan, Elon, and Abdon. I think I said that right. Because the thing that the people needed most was normal. They needed these little-known judges who would just keep things normal. That's what they needed, and God provided it for them. In between Jephthah and Samson, God realized that his people needed rest, and he gave that to them. Here is a good time just to step back and reflect on what we've seen in Judges so far. You know, we've seen the patience of God with his people. And that we are safe in God, no matter the circumstances. We're safe in Him. The people of Israel were always safe when they went back to God. And we see the redemption story of the Bible marching on, with godly leaders pointing the people of Israel to trust God with everything. And we've also seen how the deficiencies of the leaders of Israel are contrasted with the true leader, Jesus Christ. So, brothers and sisters, I hope that today you've seen that throughout the story, this messy situation of the people of Ephraim versus Jephthah, we've seen that God knows what his people need, that he will let us feel these consequences of sin, but he'll also provide the rest we need in Ibzan, Elon, and Abdon. He is faithful to his people, and instead of just cutting them off, he seeks their restoration. And so, today I'm actually going to start doing things a little bit differently. I listened to a recent podcast episode, and one of the problems of doing podcasts as a teenager is that your voice is constantly changing. And I've noticed that 
my voice is a little bit deeper now than it was when I recorded my outro. So it just, it, it didn't sit well with me. So I'm going to have to start doing manual closings because otherwise it's just going to be like the cycle of every year I have to record a new one. Anyways, so thank you for listening to Adopted Believers. If you have not already, you can follow us. You can click the down or the follow podcast feed. It just depends on the podcast platform. You can also check us out on our website, adoptedbelievers.com. There's a lot of cool stuff there. There's some articles. There are obviously the podcast episodes themselves. There's some about us. You can contact us at adoptdaniel at adoptedbelievers.com. That's daniel at adoptedbelievers.com. If you've got questions, let me know. But that should do it today. And come on back next time and we will learn about Samson.